Welcome, race fans. This is the Debris and Turn 3 Fancast, and we are back with another episode to bring you our grandstanders' view of all the action of last weekend's NASCAR race from Martinsville Speedway. My name is Matt. My name is Dan. We are in Brooklyn, New York City, and let's get on with the show. Let's do it. All right, so what a weekend. Yeah, Martinsville. Man, there is just nothing like short track racing. Yeah. There really isn't. No, there's not. I mean, that that is that is NASCAR. Short track racing is NASCAR. It's the bread and butter of the sport. And let's just say that I agree with everything that all the fans, the riders, the drivers are saying that this sport needs more short track racing. And hopefully they'll figure something out. Uh, but listen, it was just super exciting. And... I was home all day on Sunday just watching racing because it was pouring, raining sideways on Sunday, so yeah. I didn't even move besides to take the dog out and to make a little run to the store. Yeah. But after that, I was just tuned in for 500 laps at Martinsville. Well, that's good for you because I was out at brunch recovering from our Halloween party from the night before. <laughs> so I was uh, getting a little boozy and watching the Jets game. A little boozy brunch and football yeah. on Sundays, and yeah. then you have a race on. I was yeah. I was recovering at home a little bit myself. I made a little Bloody Mary at the bar at the house, you know, nice. and uh, hey, man, I had uh, some pre-race action on. It was, a, it, was, it was a good weekend. It started with the party on Saturday night here at the apartment or the Debris and Turn 3 Studios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our annual, first annual Halloween party. First annual oh for for debris in turn three. Oh, first annual because it's in this yeah, yeah it's, it's in the but studio. it was the seventh annual werewolf bar mitzvah. Yes. And it's the seventh year of a great party. Always a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, I didn't have a costume this year. Normally I'm no, you didn't. all in on Halloween. Yeah. I, I truly am. I love it. But didn't really get it together this year with a costume. I was also at a birthday party prior to coming over. So it would have been a little weird if I was sitting there in a costume at no. dinner. <laughs> you don't think so? Uh, no. <laughs> as long as you tell people you're going to a Halloween party afterwards, they're like, all right, I get it. But see, I get all into it. So if I were like a pirate or something like that, we yeah. would be all like eating pizza and drinks and talking, but I'd be like, all right, I'm going to a Halloween party. Yeah. And they'd be like, what are you doing, man? Steve the pirate. <laughs> Who's Steve? <laughs> Steve. But, <laughs> but, um, Oh, jeez, I totally, <laughs> you totally got with Steve the Sorry. Pirate. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, but um, I, I got to tell you, though, so it was your theme. Your theme really threw me for a loop for this year's party. Haunted Halloween, yeah. Well, no, Haunted Hollywood. Oh, yeah, Haunted Hollywood. Haunted Sorry. Hollywood. Yeah, So Haunt. Halloween. I mean, I, I was really, like, pouring all over the idea of Haunted Hollywood. I'm like, oh, so is it, like, a slasher? Is it just a guy from a scary movie? Uh, is it old-timey Hollywood horror movies? I mean, I was thinking like Wolfman, Invisible Man, things yeah. like that. But then I got here and everyone was all, it was all like glam Hollywood party. Uh, it was like, it was just a general term. So any of those costumes would have been good. Haunted Halloween. No, it's just the fact that it was like, uh, no, Haunted Hollywood. Haunted Hollywood. <laughs> I did it again Halloween now. Now. <laughs> Halloween is generally haunted, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it was just supposed to be like, you didn't have to show up like as a dead version of someone or like as a zombie or whatever. So like uh, Kate and I were uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone from La La Land. Uh, so you were a 
we a had guy a Wonder in a Woman. tie. Yes, we had a guy in a tie. You could have really been either Ryan Gosling from La La Land or, or somebody from Ryan Reservoir Gosling. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second year now that I've wore like a suit, basically, because I was Bernie Sanders two years ago. <laughs> so I got to get better costumes. But we had a Wonder Woman. We had... Uh, uh, we had Rick, Rick and Morty, and Morty were, were good. there. Yeah, um, somebody was something ghoulish. There was a mask that wasn't worn. Yeah, yeah. Somebody. Oh no, um, a couple of people were uh, from Beetlejuice. Uh, what's her faces? The two like main ghosts in Beetlejuice. Oh yeah, yes. Baldwin and what's her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of it. Audrey Hepburns. Yeah, we had two Audrey Hepburns. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened. And then we had uh, Penn and Teller. Yes, Penn and Teller is pretty good. Yeah, which Dan apparently did a magic trick, and I caught the end of it, and I was like, "Oh, you got to do totally it again." That. And he was like, oh, "I'm not going to be able." To Jesse do it. was the dude. It was a big Lebowski. That was pretty good. Yeah, and I so, was like, I needed a costume. I was like, Jesse, you could have told me you're going as a dude. I could have like gone as Donnie or uh, yeah. <laughs> Walter or something. Yeah, I think I could do a good Walter stop check. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good party though. I when... feel like that when I talk about NASCAR, everyone. <laughs> bitches and moans about them making all these like rules and I feel like am I the only one that gives a damn about the rules around here <laughs> uh, great party it was uh, a good party it went really late and it's been a rough week <laughs> up late some tequila some beers which really led to a nice Sunday like a rainy Sunday being home to watch racing yeah I got my picks in I was a little oh <laughs> uh, yeah so I waited to get the picks in because yeah. of this well, do we want to get into the fantasy? Let's go let's right. Let's, let's get into the right debris and turn three it. fantasy league over yeah, at Fox it. Fantasy uh, Open League. I can't. I'm already psyched for next season. I'm just trying to get more people that come on board. Let's get a full field of uh, fantasy players. Uh, it's a lot of fun, free game, and it's getting uh, competitive now. Yeah, we're getting down to it. Yeah, three races left. Three races, and I mean, it's really Brian just keeps having these like great races like every week he is having good races but chuck in the six seconds faster team has been having some better races lately yeah he won this past weekend and he's taken a 64 point lead on brian wow so with three races left the championship is up for grabs right now yeah i came in second this week I was very proud of you, Dan, in yeah. your second place finish. I saw that, and I was like, you know what? Good for Dan. Good for Dan. It was like seeing Brian Vickers getting a top five, yeah. you know? Because, <laughs> like, this game, man, I, I cannot seem to, like, get out of my hole. But, like, with the wave rounders, I'm, I'm like, well, I'm not in first place anymore, but we'll get to that later. But, yeah, so Vegas Bound comes in third, uh, Alabama Gang fourth place and uh fifth place to round out the top five is brian so uh like i said you got a couple more races left so it'll be exciting it is going to be exciting and don't forget there's going to be a grand prize for the winner of the debris and turn three fantasy league what's it gonna be a grand prize you'll find out what the winner will find out (laughs) Okay, it's not yeah. going to be like a giant trophy or anything like that that's going to be able to hold 400 ounces of monster energy drink. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's going to be something that I came up with, so <laughs> you can only imagine what that might be. But there's also going to be a prize 
for our waiver rounders leagues. Yeah. And for those who don't know, the waiver rounders is a little side fantasy game that a few of us in the debris and turn three league have started where we only choose the guys in the bottom half of the league. It's basically all the drivers that when we play the normal fantasy game, we try to avoid taking. Yeah, basically. So we choose two every week. However, we're in the playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also rookies too. Rookies also. Yeah. There's yeah. some like little rules. Like like yeah. next year we'll have Alex Bowman yeah. in there, and also William Byron. So they're on like better teams, yeah. but rookies are in the league as well. Uh, so we're two races into the, the playoffs, and you went into the into the playoffs with the points lead. You had mm-hmm. the bonus playoff points, and it seems like, and Brian. Just passed you this week with a pretty good run, and uh, it looks like I'm out of the championship hunt after Martinsville (laughs) (laughs) because I put up 70 points or something, right? uh, Dude, I scored 14 points between three (laughs) drivers at Martinsville. I had one point from the Dinger and Matt (laughs) DiBenedetto. Like it did not work out. My highest scoring guy was Cole Witt. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, things didn't go go so well, (laughs) but. I was looking through the the the, uh, the debris in turn three league. Kyle Busch, man, had starting thirteenth and winning the race. Had the big points in that league. Nobody took Trevor Bain. He had the big finish at the end. Surprised everybody. Yeah. And then even in the waiver round is where you can take him. Yeah. Nobody took him either yesterday. So that yeah. was a big. I think I had taken him the week before in yeah. waiver rounders. I think two of you took him yeah. on the week the weekend prior at yeah. Kansas. But you know what, Fox. The Fox Fantasy League, uh, they got their their stuff together this week, and they had the qualifying positions right after qualifying ended. I was surprised. I made a post on the message board saying, I don't know who to pick because... Yeah, the same day qualifying, when they did this, I forget what track it was, but uh, they weren't able to get the everyone's positions up in time and just totally screwed up <laughs> the fantasy for that week. Exactly. So they got, I'm sure they got tons of nasty emails and they were able to fix that. So They were. They were able to fix that. And we had just a regular uh, weekend uh, type of race on the Fantasy League. And, yeah, Chuck took another victory. I'm going to tally up some of the stats yeah. maybe this weekend. Uh, I was doing that for most of the season, and then I kind of stopped doing it. Uh, but I'm going to get back to it because we've had a, it's been very competitive this year. A lot of guys, you know, trying to jump in there and, and take the victory. So, yeah. looking forward to how it's going to turn out for the end of this season, and I'm looking forward to starting another season of fantasy racing or Daytona already. It's a short off season, yeah. racing. <laughs> uh, but. Let's get race into the, the race yeah. weekend. Let's I weekend. mean, because what would you say? Do you think this was like this was the best race of the season so far? I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely up there. It's ranking definitely. Yeah. yeah, um, definitely the most controversial finish of this of the of the year. Definitely that too. But you know, it's the same move that uh, Stenhouse did to uh, Kyle Busch trying to stay on the lead lap. You know, so it's. It's just a typical short track type of thing, yeah. Well, see, that's that's, that's what you kind of get back and forth when you look on social media. Yeah. Well, Ricky Stenhouse did it to Kyle Busch at the end of that stage in the spring race, or Matt Kenseth did it to Joey Logano in that race a couple of seasons ago, 2015. Yeah. But Dale Senior did it to 
Terry Lavani. Terry at Bristol. Bristol. Guys are bumping run track racing. It's short track racing, but see, this is where I gotta disagree with you. If because if you look at and I guess we're getting right into the the yeah. big controversial part of the race. Yeah. You've heard you've been you've heard it all week long. Everybody's been talking about it. Denny Hamlin dumping Chase Elliott. And I'm going to say, my opinion is, man, he just dumped him. And But that is short track racing. I don't agree that it's similar to those two examples that you laid out. Okay. Uh, I mean, it definitely looked like he just drove into that corner and just didn't break. You know, just stayed on the gas, you know, going through that corner. But, you know, it, it was, what, three laps left to go or four to go, and he... Yo, Chase, you know, he, uh, you know, he bumped Kislowski up after that restart and he kind of had that outside line going. So there was room for, for Hamlin there. And he, you know, he saw the, he saw the room. He tried to, you know, go for it. Right. So let's, let's just backtrack to that last restart. First off, I'd have to throw this in there because the, they're at commercial Mm-hmm. And the NBC broadcast just comes right back. And then Rick Allen's like, okay, we're getting ready for a restart. and Because they're like ready for the restart as yeah. soon as it comes back from commercial. And he's like, Brad Keselowski chooses the outside. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm going, see, this is something that you come back to the broadcast and be like, uh, Brad Keselowski chose the outside. And then you have a little talk about that prior yeah. to this last restart and build it up. Like, what was he thinking choosing the outside on that last restart? I don't know. Because you're at Martinsville. Why would you ever take the outside? Unless you had a teammate on the inside that could, you know, hold up that row and let you in. Well, but who's going to do that at that point of the race? Yeah. Who's going to let you in? Sure, you take that outside line, you play that restart game. Yeah. You know, stage one, stage two, but with four laps to go at Martinsville, yeah, I think it's anybody's race at that yeah. point. Uh, I would say that in the truck race on Saturday, mm-hmm. the race was won from the outside on the last restart. And on the restart prior to the last one on Sunday's race, mm-hmm. Kozlowski uh, beat... Um, who was on the inside that time. Kozlowski won the race to the first corner off the restart from the outside on the restart prior to the last one. But that being said, it is Martinsville, and I was like, I would never ditch the inside line on that last restart. See, now, if there wasn't a rule that allowed the leader to choose their lane, Kozlowski would have started on the inside... And he probably would have won won the race. I think he really would have won the race. Be- and I don't know what he was thinking by taking that outside line because this guy's a pro. He's a champion. He's the, one of the best in the league. Yeah, and he had won the first two stages. Like, what he? What I didn't. He. I guess he just thought maybe that he was just going to be able to clear Chase right away because so. Chase Elliott did exactly what he should have done, which is just run deep into turn three like he did and put the door on him and send him up the racetrack and take the lead. I mean, that's short track racing. Yeah. Sorry, Brad Keselowski. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. I agree with that. However, I was yelling at the TV because Chase almost left the door open for Denny Hamlin at at that point. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, he had an entire lane. 
like open that he could have just snuck right in and take the lead. And so he almost know. did, but that outside line was working real well on Sunday. Yeah. So Chase got a good bite off the corner and was able to take the lead back down the uh, back stretch. But then that's when going into turn three, yeah. Denny Hamlin so, just didn't lift. Uh, there was obviously like, you know, a lot of stuff going on on the track after the race. So like, uh, with, between Hamlin and Elliot, and then there was that fan on pit road that was like trying oh. to start a fight with Denny Hamlin. So do you think this is all because a veteran driver took out this young kid who hasn't won yet? Or do you think it just was a dirty move in general? You th- and is that what made the fans upset? Yeah, like, are the fans upset because they want to see Chase Elliott win because he hasn't yet, I th- he got taken out by a veteran? I think that with Dale Earnhardt leaving at the end of this season, with Matt Kenseth not signed next year, Jeff Gordon being gone after last season, I think that there's a lot of fans in the grandstands that are looking for a driver to cheer for. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them are gravitating towards Chase Elliott. He's a second-generation driver. And he's he's talented. He's good. I yeah. mean, he, he's got good car control. And um, I think they've decided, I think you know, I think it was very plainly seen at the end of the race that the, the NASCAR fans, they've moved over to support Chase Elliott. He yeah. won the fan vote for the All-Star race. Mm-hmm. The fans love Chase Elliott. Uh, so I think it was a combination of that and also that it was a veteran driver taking out one of these young guys. Yeah. Because that's what that big van said. He was like, yeah. You're a dirty veteran. Because, <laughs> uh, listen, I have no problem with the move because that's short track racing. Yeah. However, he did dump him. He did uh, yeah. wreck him. Yeah. And I I also, let me just, because this is a very, very controversial topic in NASCAR, so let me just get my whole point of yeah. how I view the wreck. I do believe Denny Hamlin when he says he didn't intend to wreck him. Mm-hmm. Just like Dale Earnhardt Sr. said, I was only intending, I only just wanted to rattle his cage. I didn't want yeah. to spin him. <laughs> I think he went into that corner thinking that I was just going to put the... the so just bump him. Bump and, him up the track. Yeah. But I think just the intensity at the end of the race and drive it in hard. And who knows, maybe Chase Elliott was letting off a little bit, you know, to try to take that low line away or, you know, yeah. really make him kind of slow down behind him. But Denny Hamlin just spun him out and put Chase Elliott in the wall. So yeah. Denny Hamlin is in the wrong on that one. But listen, this is NASCAR short track racing. You crashed a guy. Oh, well. Yeah. Own it. And that's what I would say to Denny Hamlin. You want to be the bad guy? Like, there are bad guys in racing. You want to be the bad guy? Then own up to it and just be the bad guy. Yeah. I don't like this whole Twitter apology thing. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely going to have, uh, you know, a big impact on the standings and the, the playoff picture. Huge. Yeah. It eliminated Chase Elliott. Yeah. Unless he wins at Texas or Phoenix... He won't yeah, that, be. I mean, that's the, the good thing about this. There's at least two more races in this uh, final, final, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the round of round eight. of eight. Yeah. So 
if he runs well and gets the stage points and finishes well, you know, he could potentially make the round of four. But, I mean, he's in eighth place right now, uh, 90 points back. So it's a long shot for him yeah. to make it on points. It, I think he's going to need to get a win. Yeah. And it seems like I, I feel like we're only going to see playoff drivers from this point out win the races. Yeah. There's so. a certain intensity level that the playoff drivers are bringing to the racetrack that the other drivers that are out of it don't really seem to have. Yeah. And Jeff Burton talked about it this week in regards to Kyle Larson, and then Kyle Larson ended up wrecking. He was just mired back in mid-pack for yeah. most of the race and was fighting an ill-handling car and just just didn't seem to have it. But yeah. I would feel like if Kyle Larson was in the playoffs, I just feel like they would have just stepped up and yeah. rose up a little bit. Well, also similar to like uh, when Kyle Busch got into Joey Logano at the end of the race, which is what caused that last restart that Keselowski took the outside. I don't know what he was think what the twenty two team was thinking because they're not in the playoffs. They know that they have a tire going down, and it looked it was bad for those last couple of laps. And he's still out there on the racetrack. Like, your teammate is in first place, and you're running around with a tire going down, knowing you're not in the playoffs, like, that you have no... Absolutely absurd. And I also absolutely absurd that fans and Jeff Burton also, again, applauded him for staying out there and risking and taking the win. Are you kidding me? You're trying to you're trying to tell me that was a good move. There is no way in hell that Todd Gordon, crew chief of the number twenty two car, and his spotter, Joe Lugano's spotter, did not have to sit on the other side of the desk from Roger <laughs> Penske this week yeah. and explain to the captain why the twenty two car did not come into pit lane. Yeah. They, the, I would bet the farm that that conversation happened. Oh, totally. Yeah. But people are still like, well, he was out there. I don't want to see these guys team racing. Are you, you, are, you don't want like, to see them team racing? Yeah, when there's 10 laps to go. And, and your teammate has a chance to punch the ticket to Homestead? Yeah. You pit. You pit every single time. I don't care if you had a, a good run going. Yeah. If I was Brad Kozlowski, and I think Brad Kozlowski had a great post-race interview. Brad... I hate him some days and love him other weekends. Like he is just, he, he still managed to put a little shot in at the Toyotas because he was like, well, we had to make it happen here because, you know, when you go to these mile and a half tracks and you have just two guys that are just leaps and bounds faster than everybody else, you have to get it done here. Yeah. So he throws that in there. But then he says like the other great things like, oh, well, you know, it happened. It got a little rough out there and uh, it wasn't our day and uh, we'll go out there and get him at Texas. Like, yeah. he says things the way I want race car drivers to say things, but then he also ends up saying yeah. stupid shit at the, uh, <laughs> the same time also. Yeah. Uh, but I could not believe that the 22 didn't pit. And I also couldn't believe that fans online were accusing Kyle Busch of intentionally making contact with the 22 to cause him to wreck, which would bring out the yellow and get, oh my goodness, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people just, they don't understand racing. I mean, they were bumping and banging, but you know what? And 
that's what happens with the way that the the fenders are flared out on these cars. Like you make a little bit of contact, you're gonna get a tire rub, and that's what happens. That's true. Just the slightest little bit of contact. It, uh, you can go door to door, but if you get on those fenders, uh, especially those uh, rear bumper, that's. I, I mean, we saw that in the spring race, which was another thing. I was saying, like, how they could not bring him into pit lane because we saw this play out in the spring race. When Jamie McMurray had contact with somebody, yeah. he stayed out, cut the left rear tire, went hard into the wall. I mean, I it, you knew it was going to... And that tire was severely rubbing yeah. the fender. Yeah. Smoke was just pouring out of that car. Even Joey Logano. So people go, well, the, you know, the driver, what does he know? You need a spotter or a crew chief to tell him to pit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. There's no way he did not smell that tire <laughs> smoke in the cockpit of the car. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, a driver, I feel like sh- he, he should have just brought that car down pit lane and been like, change the tires. Yeah. Change a, yeah. my tires. <laughs> what for? Cole, the race is over. Change my tires. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, man, it was, yeah. a, it was a great race. It had yeah. a, a lot of action. And so like you mentioned before, Keselowski won the first stage. He won mm. the second stage, but that ended the second stage. Yeah. Was a hard fought battle. Kyle Bush had the lead. Yep. Was Denny Hamlin was holding him off to stay on the lead lap because Lasky was charging up the field and they had a great race for yeah. a stage two victory. Casey Kane was in that too. He would it was Kate, mostly Casey Kane that was kind of like holding up the line there and kind of you know, kind of put uh Kislowski in position to make that pass. Yeah, everyone yeah. was kind of going high, low, ducking which way and the other, yeah. and then Keselowski ended up just making a move there. Yeah. Um, so whatever, he got the two, you know, he didn't get the win, you know, but he gets those two 20, he gets 20 stage points. 20 stage, stage points, points plus yeah. the fourth place finish. He had over 50 points for yeah. the uh, for, for the for the, for the the race, and yeah. like you and said, he's it was in a solid place. day. Yeah, he's in third place in the standings right now, so... Like I said before, we have two more races in this round of eight. I think he is in pretty good position. There were just so many good stories from from the race. The outside line came in great. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, all their cars were gaining spots on pit lane the entire race. These guys, every one of them. So, I mean... How do you feel now about them mandating everyone going to the same air gun for next season? Like seeing Joe Gibbs gaining all those spots. Oh, I didn't even realize that. that oh, thing. did we not talk about that on a previous show? No. Uh, I don't know if they said they're, they are going to do it or they're thinking about doing it. I, I'm fairly certain that it is happening next year. Right, because the gonna, teams make their own guns, right? Teams make and their, like it things don't switch back and forth, right? Is that, that like they're having issues with these things? Well, the thing is, uh, I, I think Gibbs has the competitive advantage there in pit lane with an uh, air gun that spins faster, and they're yeah. f- completing their stops quicker than the other teams. Apparently, they've spent millions of dollars developing this particular gun. Mm-hmm. And I think NASCAR feels that that money spent developing the gun could be better spent in other areas. And I yeah. tend to agree with that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, standardizing a, equipment that every team is going to be using from pit road. I think that's a good idea. I, I mean, I hand it to Joe Gibbs racing for developing and yeah, I mean, that's what racing's all the about. Ingenuity. Gotta, like, yeah. So 
I mean, they clearly have an advantage, and now NASCAR is saying, no, well, we're going to take that away from you now. And I mean, we've seen that throughout the decades. Yeah. So anybody That's, gets a clear advantage yeah. like that, NASCAR is going to try to even up the field. Mm. And it goes both ways. You want to see, you want to see the, um, you know, these teams really kind of create and the ingenuity in the teams. But at the same time, you don't want to see a guy run away with a race or a season. And yeah. you see that in other forms of racing. And NASCAR is always, for better or worse, you know, it's kind of kept things even. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little too much at times. But in, in this particular case, uh, with equipment on pit lane, I just don't feel like they're a team like Front Row Motorsports or the Levine Family Racing should have to com- compete with JGR and these million dollar air guns. Yeah. Uh, some other good points from the race, I mean, was Kevin Harvick versus Ryan Blaney. Yeah. They were just hitting each other the entire race. Did yeah. you see any of the uh, post race remarks with them? I them didn't guys? see their stuff, no. Well, it was pretty funny because they talked to Kevin Harvick first. Kevin Harvick just, you know, he said, well, we had a talk and uh, we talked about, um, <laughs> he basically said he, he didn't really like the things that Ryan Blaney was doing. So then we went and talked to Ryan Blaney and they were like, Ryan, you talked to Kevin. <laughs> Ryan did a great job of just being like, well, yeah, we talked about how to, you know, make sure those things don't happen again next time. But the look <laughs> on his face was, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and that's what I like about Ryan Blaney. Yeah. Because Ryan Ryan Blaney, he is really he's like making his own path through this uh this series. Yeah. And I think he has a lot of guts and I think he's really aggressive. And I, I mean I, I'm I can't wait to see him behind the wheel of a legit Penske car next season. Yeah. They there I think it was before qualifying, they were interviewing him and it was like the same kind of thing. They were just asking like these ridiculous questions and he was just like blowing them off. Like same kind of attitude. <laughs> I was like, that's great. And it's not that he has an, uh, an abrasive attitude towards the media or no. anything like that. I mean, he has his own podcast, yeah. which is really funny. They don't really talk much racing on it. No. In fact, sometimes they don't talk any racing yeah. at all. It's just like random thoughts, whatever comes to their head. They also talk an inordinate amount of pooping. <laughs> topic comes up on like every show. <laughs> I haven't listened lately. I I just started listening again. I was like really big. I listen to like podcasts and the racing podcasts usually on the subway, you know, into the city and back yeah. out. Um, but I just kind of got into there was just like a I may have mentioned it in the last couple of shows. I wasn't listening to the shows. I was just like listening to a lot of music lately. Yeah. And in fact, I just found out that the Hot Water Music Show at the Warsaw sold out. Wow. Which strike anywhere. (laughs) A little annoyed I sat on that one and didn't buy tickets, so a little bummed out. Uh, So that was... There's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. It was... uh, Uh, Rutledge? Yeah. Just... (laughs) I like Rutledge. Okay, like, yeah. he's a cool guy. Like yeah, I like he's his. Funny. Like, he yeah. is. He is funny. You know, yeah. he's corny but funny. But why, when you're doing a race broadcast, do you have to sacrifice like actual race details and you know things that are happening yeah. for 
a bullshit story coming back for commercial at that Martinsville hot dog stand. We get it. They sell $2 hot dogs like they did in 1949, mm-hmm. yeah. all right? And they're great. They make everybody poop. We heard about it plenty <laughs> on uh, Ryan Blaney's podcast. Yeah. But they come back to, like, talking to Rutledge Wood, and they're about to go green again, and Rick Allen's like, oh, and Denny Hamlin has a pit road penalty. This guy is in the playoffs. <laughs> And he has a speeding penalty on pit lane, and like now you're finding out, like three yeah. seconds before it goes green, it comes back, and you're looking. You know this guy pit up with the leaders. If you were a fan of Denny Hamlin's, you're right. looking, you're going, "Where's Denny? Right? Where's Denny?" Yeah, you want to get that info. I like what they're doing with the broadcast this year of having Rut like go around to different parts of the track and like talk to the fans and stuff. But yeah, if if there's something on the track that's happening that's like really important to the race, then you just got to, like, cut from him and go to that, you know? Right. And so I feel like as... And you're right. I like that. They've always done that, actually. I remember way back when even watching old races, uh, the CVS coverage, the Daytona 500s, David Hobbs mm-hmm. up in the grandstands uh, talking to some fans and the guy being like, well, I'm here for the Alabama gang today, you know? And like, yeah. I was like, you know, they always kind of did that type of stuff. Yeah. But you're right. This was like a major race development. This guy has a pit lane penalty. And okay, what you, all you need is a mention of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like for the for the sake of the Denny Hamlin fans that are watching the race, you're just going to come back from commercial and just be like, oh, by the way, Denny Hamlin had a speeding penalty on pit lane. Like, yeah. just come back, reset the, the start, and get everybody back up to speed. Like, what happened? Yeah. You know, I would really like to see this would never happen, but for... For NASCAR to, in their agreement with these networks, to like have a clause that says like, if there's a caution or like a major like race development, they can cut from a commercial and just be like, you know, and go back to the race to make sure that like the fans are seeing what happens. Because too many times I've noticed it in the Talladega race where they're going side by side, you know, to do the NASCAR nonstop thing. And yeah, it's cool like that you can see the race while the commercials are going. But then there was a caution that came out and they were still had the side by side going. And then they wait until the cars were pitting to and the commercial break was over to actually come back and be like, here's what's happening. But, you know, like NASCAR should be able to say, like, all right, something's going on on the track. We'll get to your commercial later, you know. Absolutely. And I feel like it was like that in the past at, at times. I remember coming back from commercial major developments in the race. Uh, now, I follow when I'm home to watch a race live, mm-hmm. which I've been fortunate enough this season just you know to watch most of the races live on Sundays. I, I've just been kind of chilling Sunday afternoons. And I've really enjoyed the racing this season. Despite what everyone might say on social media, I don't believe them. I think the racing has been good this year. I would have hoped to have seen, uh, in the beginning of the year, we kept, we were talking storylines. Like, I want to see some storylines develop. Yeah. And you told me, well, maybe we'll see that develop later in the season. And I think we have now. Yeah. We like, and I think it's the playoffs that have really brought these storylines and rivalries out. Because it is intense. There is yeah. a lot on the line. And you know, I know I've kind of changed my mind on stages, but the stages worked for Martinsville this weekend. But I am going to stand behind the playoff system. I like it. I really okay. do. 
it's 10 races at the end of the year, and you got to be the best at the end, okay? So that's what it is. You had 26 yeah. races to be in the top 16 of points. I'm sorry. If you can't do that, then you shouldn't be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it could be better, but for what it is, I'm into it. Um, but let me ask you this. There is one thing, though, I just I wanted a uh, topic I wanted to bring up. Yeah. And it goes back to the wreck that we saw between Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. Yeah. So a lot of people are really up in arms about that. They're upset about it. And they think that some people I've, I've even seen comments saying that they think that Denny Hamlin should be parked for a race or penalized. No. What do you think about that? No, that's that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I it, think it's ridiculous too. What yeah. about an in-race penalty? Like after he spun him, like when you go to the local short track on Saturday nights, they might put a guy at the back of the pack for doing something like that. Yeah. Do you think that should happen? Um yeah, but in th- in this particular instance, there was no caution, right? The race just ended as I would have. No, 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 no. no. He sp- he spun him out. Yeah. And yellow came out. Oh, the yellow did come out. Right. Yeah. And then there was the other restart, yeah. which we didn't even talk about because we just yeah. got all up into everything yeah. that just happened with Chase Elliott. But there yeah. was another uh, subsequent restart, and then Denny Hamlin gets moved out of the way. Kyle Busch jumps in there, and now well, he moves his own teammate, by the way, just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, gets him out of the way. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Martin Truex Jr. is right there. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, oh, my God. Could you believe if Martin Truex gets his first short track win of his career? Yeah. Which I couldn't really believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to your question. Yeah, I think there should be an in-race penalty similar to like what they do with the short tracks. If you intentionally wreck someone, then you get sent to the back. Now, I don't know if... It's hard. This particular instance, it didn't seem like Denny Hamlin intentionally wrecked him. So there's always going to be that line of, did it look like, you know, that he intentionally did it or not? You know, so. And Denny Hamlin said that he did not intentionally wreck. Well, post race, but in the race, you know, there has to be an official that's making that call. Ah, so know? that's my next question. Yeah. Do you think that NASCAR should have stewards similar to what F1 have? that watch the race and make judgment calls about the racing on the track? Yeah, I think that's... Really, you do? Yeah. You know what? I don't. I, I, I think that, like, they, they always say that phrase, boys have at it, like, mm-hmm. race. I think that's kind of cheesy and, uh, and lame, but at the same time, it's... Denny Hamlin wrecked him. He yeah. wrecked him, okay? Yeah. Intentional or not, I don't know. I told you my thoughts. I I believe that he didn't want to do it, but he still drove in there all over the rear bumper of Chase Elliott, put him in the fence. He wrecked him. But if Chase, I'm sorry, if Denny Hamlin wants to be that guy and wants to wreck him, he should be allowed to be that guy. Yeah, I think in certain instances, like having officials, you know, look at certain parts of the, like, at, at maybe if, like, there was an official in each corner or something, you know, that was like looking at things, but only if it was only for an instance like this, where someone like spins someone out, you know, not like having like lap by lap saying, you know, oh, this person did that. So you got to bring them in for a, a pass through penalty or something like that, you know, only for like certain instances. 
Right. I think it would like, work. So if you dump in the leader like that, but I mean, I, I listen. I want to see that controversial contact. Look how yeah. everyone is talking about what happened last weekend. There is such a buzz around the series right now because of what happened. And poor Chase Elliott, you know, like yeah. he 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 got dumped. Uh, but also that that makes me think about so. I didn't hear anything about any penalties to Chase Elliott or Denny Hamlin post race mm-hmm. because they were leaning all over each other with their race cars after the race with the window nets down, and then they got out and had a discussion on. I know the race was over, but yeah. I mean, isn't that still kind of a hot racetrack? I, I may be mistaken, but no. like, yeah, the, there might be still cars coming into pit lane and stuff like that. They got out. And they had discussion right there. I feel like those they should have been penalized for getting out of their race cars. Yeah. Bring it to pit lane. Yep. Do it in pit lane. I agree with that. And did you heard uh, I it was I thought that was actually the best part of the race though, was the post race when Denny Hamlin in his home state of Virginia was just booed relentlessly. <laughs> and then when Chase Elliott yeah. started to do his interview, the crowd just erupted. Yeah. Which May I add just one quick point about mm-hmm. things? Because yeah. there's been a lot on social media this week. A lot of people trying to make comparisons to post uh, past wrecks and altercations between drivers. And a popular sentiment that a lot of people you know, say and post mm-hmm. about, they, they'll say something like, well, you loved it when Dale Earnhardt Sr. did it, so yeah. why do you not like that Denny Hamlin did it? Well, Dale Earnhardt fans liked it. The people who weren't Dale Earnhardt fans, which was the majority of race fans, Mm -hmm. didn't like it. And when Dale Earnhardt did it, he was booed relentlessly. He was booed. Yeah. But he liked it. He was the heel. He was like the bad guy. Yeah. But I think people have... uh... You know, they view history differently. So maybe those fans that were not into Dale Earnhardt Sr. doing that then can look back now and be like, yeah, like that's what racing was, you know, but they like forget that that they hated Dale Sr. at the time, you know. So people now could be, you know, it's like a similar thing. Like, oh, yeah, you know, like Danny Hamlin, like, why is he doing that? But maybe in like 10 years from now, they'd be like, when the racing is even worse. They'll be like, yeah, when Demi Ham, like when Denny Hamlin used to do it, that was like real racing, you know? So, so yeah, well, we'll, let's move on from that, but let me just uh, wrap it all up by saying this, which is going to sound completely contradictory and funny. Like it was, it was wrong what Denny Hamlin did, but there was nothing wrong with it. (laughs) Um, So just one more thing on the race weekend. Chase Elliott uh, could have gotten his first win, didn't. But someone who did get their first win this weekend in the truck series, Noah Gregson. Racing for Kyle Busch Motorsports. He won that race from a restart on the outside and made a great move. He passed the the veterans, Matt Crafton, Johnny Sauter. That race on Saturday, I DVR'd it, and uh, I watched it early Sunday morning. Don't ask me how I got up after the party on Saturday, <laughs> but somehow or another, I got up on sat on Sunday morning, 
took the dog out in the pouring rain, yeah. ran to the store, made breakfast, watched the truck, um, watched the MotoGP race, and watched the truck <laughs> race, and then sat down to watch the uh, the cup race. It was, I mean, the rain was coming down sideways on Sunday. Like, yeah. I don't know how you even went to brunch on Sunday. Like, if there was. <laughs> If there was no reason to leave the house, I was yeah. not going anywhere. It was pouring. <laughs> yeah, and on five hours sleep, I don't know how I did that either. Uh, let's move on to the to the the news section for some, the last few minutes of the show that we got here. Some news. Yeah. So, uh, so Clint Boyer's crew chief has been suspended one race for a weight infraction. Okay. Now, just like I mean. Social media has been in an uproar this week with everything. And they've continued this uproar. And I think this I think this rule right here and this penalty is a it's it's a continuation of last weekend's rules infraction with Matt Kenseth mm-hmm. getting DQ'd yeah. with a seventh man over the wall. Because the wording of it online and the way people were, they were like, "Oh, what is this rule? Like, what does it mean?" And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, he didn't carry a camera. Cameras have weight, mm-hmm. and you have to account for that weight. It's been like that forever. Yeah, you know, it's, it's. I, I would say it would be like it's been like that since the '90s, as far as I can remember. Yeah, and then." Now these people, oh, my God, how many rules does NASCAR have? Like, what is going on? And the people are just bitching and moaning about all the rules. But, I mean, like, that rule makes sense. A little bit of weight makes a big deal in a race car. Yeah, because every car is equipped with the little spot where a camera would be. But obviously not every car has one. So every car needs to be the same weight, equal weight. So So I think what... Why NASCAR was upset with it was because they passed pre-race inspection but failed post-race inspections, which means that they probably did something to the car during the race. Try to take a little weight out of it or something like that. Yeah. So people were all up in arms, just like they were up in arms last week. We didn't get to talk about it because we didn't have a show after the Kansas race. Yeah. But let me just... I, I mean... Let me ask you real quick. What do you think about that seven-man seven rule? I, I, I'm in favor of it. I, 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 I feel like uh, we'd, be, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't just kind of bring that up, having missed last weekend's show. Yeah. Because that was a huge call that eliminated a driver from the playoffs. Yeah. So rules have a big part in NASCAR. It's like there's technical rules, there's performance rules, and there's competition rules. And yeah. they violated one of these competition rules that got them DQ'd. Yeah, I know we're go- I know we're going back in time here, but right. uh, I re- I wanted to talk to you about this, and I and I just wanted to get your opinion. Like the way, just real briefly, I want to tell all the fans like how I think about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I looked at it like this: the six guys over the wall, the seventh man services the driver. Okay, yeah. So the seventh man in this particular case jumped over the wall and started to do work on the race car getting Matt Kenseth disqualified, people complaining. That penalty is too harsh. Penalize him a lap. No, a lap is not enough. This guy's trying to fix his car to get back on the racetrack and get laps back compared to the other drivers who wrecked. If it was a one-lap penalty, they would put 10 guys over the wall (laughs) to fix it. 
Yeah. You know, like there's no limit to how many people they would put over the wall to fix the race car. So I, I like it's a rule. It's been a rule from the beginning of the season. I had no problem with it. Uh, to me, it was like a head coach blowing a call in a football game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So uh, I feel like rules have been a, a big part over the last couple of weekends. So I feel like it was OK to touch on that one from last yeah. week real quick. Yeah. Um, let's keep going with the the crew chief theme on this on this news topics. Um, what do you got? Darian Grubb has been named the crew chief for William Byron for next year. Okay, I like it. I like it. He's a Hendrick Motorsports guy that got a lot of his notoriety and wins with Joe Gibbs Racing when he crew chiefed for the number eleven car with Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, they won like nine races, uh, ten races. Wasn't or he something with like Tony that. Stewart when he was in the twenty? He, ha- yes, yeah, no. right, yes. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's like where he. Yes. Yeah. You're For right. A long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm well, like- he had Zippy, Greg Zippadelli with him for uh, the longest yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. And I. I Tell me, you're throwing me for a loop on this one. <laughs> I, yeah, but Darian Grubb, he he's been with JGR. Uh, I I remember I remember him being with making making his name with Denny Hamlin. Right, yeah. I'm I'm fading right now. Yeah. you know, like it's been a long week. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, um, I think it's a good move. Uh, so excited to see what happens next year with them. Yeah, it's a good move to bring in an experienced crew chief for the rookie. And I, I, yeah. I mean, this guy's been around. For for a long time. So uh, it's a good move. The only thing that I don't like about it, and I've touched on it on previous shows, is that uh, it's it's like a new 2014 now, though. Like, yeah. Alan Gustafson and the guys are going over to the nine with Chase Elliott. So you're having that 24 car, but that's it's not the 2014. It's a new team. Yeah. I feel like the nine would be like the new team. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just but, a number switch. It's not a team switch. I know it's a number switch and not a team switch, but the 24 car had that team support. Mm-hmm. I am willing to bet that there are guys that, you know, Alan Gustafson, the crew chief, is one of them, but there's probably guys that on that 24 car that have been working with Jeff Gordon for a long time. Yeah. And now they're up and moving to the number nine car. Like, the whole team is moving. Yeah. And then... William yeah, Byron. Yeah, yeah, you follow yeah, I, I where you. I'm going. I just, yeah, yeah. I feel like, to me, as a as a diehard race fan, mm-hmm. I'm gonna know that that nine car is like the 24 car. It's yeah. like watching the Baltimore Ravens and being like, well, they're actually like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you know? yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, all right, so we know that the Xfinity series uh, used a different aero package at uh, at Indy this year. They're gonna be using that same package at uh at michigan and pocono next year now i'm not crazy about this just i restrictor plates is just not besides talladega and daytona they're i'm not really into it listen i'm not into restrictor plates and you know slowing the cars down and stuff like that but i mean that race from indy that was a good that was a good Race. It was it's good. Been, I mean, the air, the, the whole aeroduct thing, like, definitely was. I think that was a good idea, but uh, it's just going to be. I mean, Michigan. Uh, uh, I don't. 
I don't think they're going to be good races. I'm going to go with the wait and see yeah. type uh, approach yeah. on, on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's basically a year from now, less than a year, but it's, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And it got uh, this again, it got the whole NASCAR fan base up in arms on social media <laughs> again. I, I just, I just laugh every time I say, Oh my God, NASCAR's making all these rules. They're changing the rules again. <laughs> these are technical rules. They make technical rules every year. There's are rules to try to even up the competition or make things more exciting. NASCAR's job is to put a great show on the racetrack. I'm, I'm going to stand with them on this one and say that the product of the Xfinity race at Indy was good last year. Mm-hmm. And maybe they can expand that to the other races like Pocono and Michigan. Do I, am I in favor of restrictor plates? No, not really. But yeah. it worked there. Let's see if it works at Pocono in Michigan next year. Yeah. But and that's what you have to do in racing sometimes. You have to see how the package works on the cars. There are some what about that cup race at Indy last year with that the high the drag high, pack, yeah, yeah. package? Like some like NASCAR is gonna make changes sometimes to the cars to see how they work. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. All right, let's get back into the, the cup stuff. On news. So last week it was announced we didn't have a show, but Bubba Wallace is going to be in the 43, which I was pretty psyched about when I saw that news. So I was psyched about that news. Yeah. Good for Bubba. Yeah. And I'm happy for the king. He's a sponsor, think. but. <laughs> right. We haven't heard yet uh, what the sponsor is going to be, but we do know that Smithfield is going to be the sponsor on the number 10 car, Stuart Haas Racing, next year. Yes. But what we don't know is who is going to be the driver for that car. Yeah, but we'll find out on Wednesday. Right. right. That Wednesday. was released today. That Stuart Haas Racing will announce uh, six days from now. You're listening to this show on Friday, so it's eight days from now, <laughs> or five days from now. Five, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's adding, subtracting. It's an order of operations, yeah. dude. So who do you think it's going to be? There's a lot of people out there saying, like, well, I hope it's Eric Almarola. I'm going, Really? You hope it's Eric Almarola? It's probably going to be Kenseth. It's probably going to be Kenseth, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say with that seat is open, so I'm going to say that it's Kenseth. Yeah. However, there's been a little bit rumor mill going around that Kenseth might go back to um, Roush Racing, hmm. and somebody said something like, I heard he might be going back to the 17 car. I think that's a pipe dream of Matt Kenseth's fans that just want him to be back in a Ford and in the 17th car. Yeah. Like when it was when NASCAR was great. <laughs> no. If anything, he might go back to uh, Roush Racing. He, he spoke fondly about them when he moved, but he would go back to the number six car because Trevor Bain, despite his somehow getting a top five, uh, 10 yeah. finish this week, has just been awful. Unless Rash decided to go back to a third car and bring the 16 back. You know? They could do that. They are leasing that charter right now, so they still have it. But there's been all the talk about how well and how happy they are, uh, how well the team is doing, how happy they are being a two car team. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. And uh, next, well, next Wednesday, when we find out who will be racing the number 10 car. It's going to really kind of put the 2018, you know, picture together, together, yeah. who's going to be where. Yeah. All right. So let's look ahead to this weekend at Texas. 
We're going to Texas. Second trip back. They reconfigured this year. We already saw one race that was a little lackluster. Uh, But we'll see what they do. It was a little lackluster in the beginning of the race. But by the end of the race, that high... they were so concerned about being a single groove racetrack. Some guys were getting up there on the high side and making moves yeah. towards the end of the race. It was a 500-mile race. Uh, what is this weekend's race? Is it 500 or 400? I think it's 500. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Right. We'll look at it. Either then. way. Well, since that, they, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> they're going to put some grip strip stuff down to try and get people on the higher grooves. Because I don't really even know what other series might have been racing there that uh, you know could have laid down some rubber or if they're going to continue to use the tire monster. I haven't heard anything about in the that. Me- you're so. saying like in the meantime? Yeah. Yeah, like between the races, I don't know who's going to be there, but this is a full weekend triple header with uh, Trucks and Xfinity at Texas this weekend. So big weekend of racing from yeah. Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, and if you're looking to set your DVR for racing this weekend, that's all you're going to find. Uh there's very, you know, the IndyCar, IMSA, WeatherTech Sports Car Series all wrapped up. Most of the racing is all wrapped up. And yeah. there's only one more race left in MotoGP. And they're going to have a week off. And then they have a week off for F1 this week. Yeah. They already, cra- we have, see, they have two races left. And they already crowned their champion. Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton won last week. Yeah. He clinched after the Mexican Grand Prix. So, I mean, we're not going to know until the checkered flag flies at Homestead, who yeah. is going to be our champion. And the World Series is over, so there's none of that. Uh, uh, the Jets are playing tonight, yeah, so, so we got to wrap this up so I can f- watch the rest of that game. Uh, so they won't be playing on Sunday. Uh, the Giants, I think, are they on a bye this week? The or? Giants were on the bye last, last week, weekend. Right, they so are hosting the Rams this weekend. Right. So I'm going to so be, be a little conflict uh, on the TV this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'll sp- Maybe they could beat the Rams. <laughs> They're not so terrible. <laughs> you know, the, Ram- the Rams are not so terrible. Uh, so, yeah, we'll wrap up this show, and you'll watch the Jets, and I'm going to probably head out and watch the Islanders game. Yeah, tonight because they're playing in Washington D.C. against the Capitals, who the Islanders have been uh, pretty yeah, hot games, lately. Game's What's probably games? over by now. Oh, jeez, man, what time is it? Nine thirty. Oh my goodness! And they started at seven. I mean, I yeah. can easily look up the score right here and spoil it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's getting late. We have to wrap up the show. So, what a. Uh, what do you think's gonna be the deal at Texas this weekend? Now you know we we going and we've been doing our our picks for pole sitter and and race winner. Uh, yeah. who, who do you have this weekend, Dan? I think the pole sitter is going to be Jimmy Johnson, and wow. okay. I think Martin Truex is gonna get another win. You think Martin Truex is gonna do it? Yeah, man, it's hard on these mile and a half racetracks to count out Martin Truex Jr. and not pick him for a win. Yeah. I'm going to put him on the pole this weekend okay? because he's got a lot of speed. He, you know, he's just fast at these racetracks all season long. So I think he's going to go out and he's going to get the pole. But he's not going to win on Sunday. He's He's been having a lot of luck. He's been doing so well. I think he's going to – I think some luck's going to run out on these mile and a halfs. And I'm saying that because I wanted to have not that I'm like really pulling for Martin Truex, even Joe, everything surrounding him this season. Mm-hmm. It's the feel good story of the NASCAR season. 
and he's been better than everybody, like he should really, for all intents and purposes, like win the championship. But that's just yeah. not how. Like I for instance, I had a conversation with some people this week. Well, Martin Truex deserves to win. Deserves to win? No. You have to no, go out and you gotta win. Earn it. You have to you earn it. You have to it. win the race. Yeah. The people said the same thing about Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott deserved to win that race until Denny Hamlin dumped him. Well, he got dumped. And listen, Chase Elliott, for as great as he's been this year, at every big spot towards an end of a race, he's just been eaten up by veteran drivers. Yeah. So this kid needs to show some stones and bounce back and make a big statement. And I think he's going to do it this weekend. And I think Chase Elliott is going to get his first victory at Texas Motor Speedway. And punch his ticket, shove it in Denny Hamlin's face that he's going right. for the championship. I like it. Good prediction. I was going to take Chase for... I didn't think he was going to win, possibly the pole, but I like that. Well, he's just he's just had speed and looked fast, and he's been consistent this season with a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens. And he's in his last 10 races uh, playoffs so far, he's just been up there. Yeah. In every race, like he's he's showing up for it. Yeah. Well, uh, if he gets a win, that puts him into the the round of four. So. And that would be kind of like an upset because, yeah. I mean, right now everyone's it's it, it, it's Truex and Bush. Well, Bush is going no matter what with the win on Sunday. Yeah. Truex is going to probably even if he DNF'd this weekend, which I'm just predicting that like maybe mm. something will happen. Yeah. Uh, I still think he makes it in on points, even if he doesn't find a way to win. Yeah. Well, I, the interesting, uh, you know, next after next, well, next week's show, we'll do the preview of Phoenix, and we'll do our predictions of who's going to make the round of four. So, right, that'd be exciting. Be something for all of you to look forward to. Yep. And uh, look forward to the racing at Texas this weekend because. Who knows? Maybe Chase Elliott does a little retaliation on Denny Hamlin. Personally, I don't think it's coming. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think so. I don't think Chase Elliott is that he's type not, of... Yeah, he, has, he doesn't have like that mentality to... No, but the type of mentality that he does have is that he is just going to make Denny Hamlin's r- life a living hell behind the wheel every time he tries to pass a 24 car. Yeah. Like, it could be lap 18 of a 500-mile <laughs> race... And Chase Elliott is just going to race him as it's the last lap. Yeah. And going to be like, you want to get around me? Get around me. But I'm not going to move over. Because we know that there's give and take all race long. Yeah. Guys go, I'm going to race this guy. I'll just fall in line and keep the lap times up or whatever. Chase Elliott is just going to be like, no. No, you're not getting around me. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that's it for this week. That's a show? Yeah. Take us out. All right. Well, this was the Debris and Turn 3 fan cast from Brooklyn, New York City. I'm Matt. I'm Dan. And until next weekend, see ya. See ya.